During the pandemic, many of us felt restricted and locked down. Many businesses shut down, office work and school turned online, travel was restricted, and many forms of recreation from sports to the arts were canceled. While many of us were locked down, a Polish woman named Ola May used the pandemic as an opportunity to explore, travel, and embark on an intense 13-month cycling adventure around Europe. She crossed 14 international borders and covered more than 9,000 miles on her bicycle. Along the way, she picked up a companion, a black cat named Frederick in Southern Italy. We love shining the spotlight on real life adventurers and explorers here at GeoTrek. I'm certain this two-part podcast with Ola May will turn into a fan favorite because it's so inspirational. But before we get started, I wanted to ask a quick favor from you. Would you kindly subscribe to our podcast? Your subscription helps us mark progress and establish professional partnerships moving forward, which ensures a lot more amazing GeoTrek content in the future. So now back to the podcast, I wanted to start by introducing Ola May. She was born and raised in Poland, studied photography in the USA, and worked as a production assistant for commercial shoots, as well as high-end children's photography in London. She directed, produced, shot, and edited multiple short films. Ola May draws her inspiration from the experience of living in divergently dissimilar cultural backgrounds, blending and mixing the lessons she was fortunate to receive in each one of them. As a multi-passionate artist, she pours her talents into many disciplines, constantly experimenting with mediums and formats. When she lost her job in 2020, she jumped headfirst into the unknown nature of adventure despite the global pandemic. What she discovered on this long adventure cycling through Europe really transformed her life. Ola May, thank you so much for taking time to come on the GeoTrek podcast. We're so excited to hear your story. Hey, GeoTrekkers, I really want to thank our faithful podcast listeners who love hearing about extreme weather, but we also have an angle on GeoTrek where we cover adventuring and exploring the world. And boy, do we have a treat for you today. We have Ola May from Poland today. Ola, you have biked around a lot of Europe. You spent a lot of time doing long distance excursions on your bicycle, and we're really excited to hear your story today. Thank you so much for coming on the GeoTrek podcast. Well, thank you so much for having me here. So, Ola, you grew up in Poland. I mean, can you tell me a little bit about your childhood? Did you always really uh, love adventure and exploring? Were you a curious person? I mean, is that something that you saw in your childhood, for example? I could definitely say that I was a lone wolf. And as a matter of fact, my earliest memory that I can think of is the one uh, related to, to a bike, you know, it's like after the rain and I just grab my red bike and I go off and ride around the neighborhood and I just feel, I remember this feeling of exhilaration, of happiness. And I, I think that's something that stayed with me over the, over the years. I enjoyed being on my own. I enjoyed getting involved into physical activity and kind of being out in nature. So I, I definitely believe it's a, theme of some sorts for me. So when you were a child, did you ride a bike a lot, like around the neighborhood? Did you ever leave, were you able to leave town and go on some longer rides? Not really. I'm one of those people who, um, the very idea of the trip, not to jump ahead too much, but it was unexpected to myself because the bike has been 
you know, a part of my life, but it wasn't significant enough for me to, you know, live my whole life thinking about this major trip. It was a very unexpected thing, but also it was a very, uh, the most natural thing, I would say, you know, it's just this relationship that I had to, to the bike that I wasn't even fully aware of. Sure, that makes perfect sense. And, you know, a lot of times in our life, things progress one step at a time, you know, so... Um, you grew up in Poland, but then as a young adult, you had some international opportunities to do some exploring cross-culturally. Could you share a little bit about some of these other places you live besides Poland? Yeah, so I, I do believe, um, a friend of mine calls it, uh, what do you call it, um, a wanderer's gene. Uh, so I think, I think I definitely suffer from that. And so living in Poland, I... At the time, I thought that the community here is quite close-minded. I do have a slightly different approach to things like that these days because, you know, I'm matured as a person. But back in the day, I just, I needed a way to get out of this place. I, I'm, I'm from a really small town. And so first I went to London and I lived there for about a year and then I came back to Poland. and just wasn't feeling the Polish mentality anymore. And I had this urge to go and explore other places. And so that's how my story with the United States began. And my stay in Chicago that lasted almost six years. Then I went back to London again, but this time it didn't feel as good as before. I think I started to feel, um, another need to to find a place my place uh, on planet earth and that's kind of how the the story of the bike began uh, ola i want to take it step by step here so you grew up in a small town in poland do you have what's your memory of showing up in london i mean it's one of the largest most international diverse cities in the world i mean what are your first thoughts of that was that overwhelming was it exciting and and was it all positive what, were there some negatives what was that like for you in that step i was absolutely intoxicated with the culture with you know the the colorful stream of people of like different uh, ethnicities that i have never seen in poland you know i'm a, from a very homo homogenic am i saying this right yes culture and there there are just like white people everywhere you know and there isn't much of a cultural diversity here and so when i went over there i was like gosh i am in this melting pot of you know, cultural experience, and I finally feel like I fit in. So that was a major, major part of my journey. And also, you know, from a perspective of time now, when I look back on, on this time, I also know that it was a sort of an escape for me because um, there were a lot of issues that I was struggling with in terms of my uh, upbringing. And my, my dad was an alcoholic for a number of years. He's been sober for, gosh, about 10 years now, I think. And so for me, adventure or, you know, the fact that I left home was definitely an escape. And that, you know, I didn't realize that until I went on the trip and I spent a lot of time on, my, on myself, um, on my own. And I had this time to reflect on, on, on the things that I've done and why I actually did that. 
Yeah, that's that's amazing. I mean, it, it sounds like you took some negative things in your life and turned them into positives um, as far as, you know, finding uh, positive outlets to say, OK, I'm going to adventure and explore and expand your world. It sounds like you really made your world a lot bigger by going to London and then going to Chicago. And then we are going to get to this amazing bike trip. I can't wait to hear about what um, your, your thoughts on showing up in Chicago. What was it similar to the London experience or being in the States? Was it a little bit different? It's so funny because it really, you know, I had a completely different different approach to those places depending on the phase of my life that I was I was in. The very first impression was, gosh, what an ugly city. <laughs> I came this in Chicago, the dead of right? winter. Yes. And it was it was freezing. And I remember um, walking along uh, Lakeshore, Lakeshore Drive, uh, just ar- around uh, Lake Michigan. And I saw some people, and it was again dead of winter. And I saw people like jogging around in their uh, sports bras and <laughs> and shorts. And I just I did not get that at all. It was a cultural thing that had to grow on me over time. But yeah, everyone just kept saying that Chicago was going to be a completely different place in in the summer. And and I, I was just looking at them thinking to myself, like, there's no way Chicago is going to change that much. Like, it's probably going to still be the same place. But it turns out that they were right. Chicago does change completely. And it's like, I fell in love with it, like head over heels. Um, the culture, the, the atmosphere in the summertime is just, you know, it just gives you so much energy. So I, I love that place. I, I must say... I did fit in with Americans way more than I fitted with um, British people. I think it's just the the energy exchange. You know, you guys are very, um, very open-minded and just excited about things, but not not in a fake way. You just you just get excited about life in general. You get loud, and this is something that I definitely took after you to the point that when I went back to London. And I got into my first job. A part of my training was um, how do they call it? The uh, well, they were trying to de-Americanize me, or whatever that means. Because <laughs> um, I just did not fit in into the mold of you know very sophisticated and very ruly people. So. Yeah, I see. Definitely some, you know, um, cultural differences there for sure. And it, you know, it it sounds like, yeah, you showed up in Chicago. It was cold. It's windy. It's cloudy in the wintertime from I spent a little bit of time in Chicago, but it seems like it's so vibrant in the summer. There are festivals. People are out biking and they're out on the lake. Right. They're they're um, they're outdoors a lot, but also a pretty vibrant culture there. Yeah, once it's in the 40s, like parties out, you know, <laughs> people driving around with their elbows out. And yeah, they, we just, because we have like, or, you know, I don't live there anymore, so maybe I shouldn't say it that way we had, but because the city has like this very long and very, um, very dreary period of winter, once the sun is out, like everyone is out there celebrating in the parks, yeah. very active people, you know, very in sports so it was a great great place for me one of the major places you know along my journey yeah so you went back to london then and it sounds like you know you had changed as a person i think um from your time in the states it maybe brought out some things in you that that uh, developed and then going back to london it sounds like it your london experience the second time sounded different to me than your first time um 
And so what was that like the second time in London? And then at some point, did you just decide you, you kind of wanted to move on and from London? So kind of the big part of the, um, of me, I'm just saying that for a second, because I had something I wanted to say and then I've forgotten. <laughs> um, oh yes. So one of the big parts of Chicago being so important was the fact that I stayed there for six years. So that's six years actually staying in the States and not visiting Poland. That's six years of not seeing my parents. That's six years of, you know, I laugh about, you know, being exiled for a number of years, but this is kind of what it felt like to me. I had to stay because I needed to like finish university. Yeah. And so um, six, six years makes a, a big difference. And I, I learned to appreciate me being from Poland, you know, my, my, my roots, my uh, my nationality, and when I came back, as you said, like I was a different person. And then when I went to to London, at first I was very excited because it was, you know, I found my first job after school, and um, everything was going great because I actually found a job in my in my field. I'm a photographer, um, and for a while it was exciting because it was new. But very soon I realized because at that time, you know, an idea of the trip already popped in my head and so I was trying to save up money doing this job that was you know new and exciting but when the pandemic hit I started to feel like something was off like majorly off and obviously I don't want to make a martyr out of myself because we all suffered through the pandemic but um but it was more than the pandemic for me something just didn't feel right and the city I was tired by the the noise of the city and the city um like it was very hard for me to adjust from the american culture to the british culture because it was just like the energy went down um and as i said before i just didn't feel as good among people as a matter of fact you know i'm not um not trying to judge anyone or anything but it's just like in my personal among my friends i don't I don't certainly have that many British friends. Just my crowd in America was American. My crowd in Britain was very international. So there was just something about the energy there that didn't quite click with me. Yeah, that makes sense. And Ola, it sounds like you were in London when the pandemic hit, right? Yes, I was I was working there as a photographer's assistant. And all of a sudden, obviously, we just started working from home and um, maybe it was the fact that I was at home locked up, uh, but I just started to go to like the biggest, biggest parks in the, in the city. And honestly, I just remember the scene of sitting in one of the parks, the biggest parks in, 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 in London, where it doesn't really feel like an urban environment. It kind of feels like the jungle, um, because you're really hidden and it's on the side of the city. And I remember um, sitting there under a tree and it was raining and, you know, around, I just had ferns and deers and just nature. And I just, I was sitting there wet and cold with the biggest smile on my face. And I thought, well, this is it. Like, I have to do something because I'm going crazy here. Something's off. And so at that time, um, it was summer of 2020 and the borders started to open up a little bit, you know, 
and I went to Poland. And in Poland, I got the notice about me um, being let off my my job. And so all of a sudden, I was like, "Oh, holy shit! Like I don't, I don't have any other commitment now." And I had this idea of the trip. I'm gonna do it. So it was it was just like this, you know. I instantly knew that that was like the kick from the universe that I needed for me to actually finally make the decision, you know, because I feel like a lot of times we have those great ideas and we want to do amazing things, trips or projects. And then we never have the final incentive, you know, the final push to actually go ahead and do it. And for me, losing my job was definitely the one, the one thing that just, you know, started the whole thing. Yeah, and Ola, I almost see an evolution in your story. You explain being in this big park where you almost didn't feel like you're in the city and it was raining and you said you were smiling. There was a peace. I wonder if that time in your life, that concept of being in nature, being outside instead of being restricted inside, you know, I wonder if already there was something in your heart that said, maybe in the pandemic, I'm going to be happier outside, you know, and, and on the long bike excursion, you ended up spending an amazing amount of time outdoors, right? Absolutely. I think there is something about us as human beings. Uh, I'm a very intuitive person, and I believe that a lot of things that hide inside of us, needs that we have, um, obligations that we think we should fulfill, are kind of hidden under this cover. But like our bodies, intuitively, they you know they know what they need, and so like on a mental um plane I, I i wasn't aware that this is what i needed but i think my body started to manifest like you know getting i would get very antsy and i would just feel like something's off but i couldn't really explain it and and the only time what i felt at peace was when you know i had like no civilization around me or it felt like i had no civilization around me so definitely that was you know that was my body manifesting something and it sounded like everything aligned. I mean, th these moments you had in nature and then your job ending. And it sounds like, you know, you had this idea for the long bike excursion. And it sounds like it, it just all came together and you just knew it was right. That's what it sounds like from my end, um, that, that you were like, this, this is what I'm going to do, right? You know, um, I think it's perspective, right? I, I feel like in the same type of a situation, some people might just feel... Uh, like they're losing ground because holy cow, it's the pandemic, you know, people are losing the, their jobs and they're really afraid. But this is, you know, I had no doubt in my heart. Like, as I said, I follow my intuition and it came to the point where, you know, my intuition, my inner voice was just like pounding on the door of my, you know, mental awareness so loudly that I just, I couldn't ignore it anymore. So at, at that, at that time when I lost a job, it wasn't even a question of, Oh, should I do it or not? I don't know. It was just like, I'm doing it, you know? You knew this is like your destiny. This is what you're meant to do. And it sounds like you embraced it. So how, how, do, you, how do you plan for this really long bike trek around Europe? I mean, did you plan the whole course ahead of time? Did you just start riding and see where you went? I mean, walk us through your decision making there. So I kind of really like this part because it makes the lack of my preparation makes it really available to anyone, you know? And it's like, don't look at, don't put me on a pedestal of this person who like, you know, did this amazing thing and took months and months to prepare herself because that's definitely not my story. It was kind of like, oh, I lost my job. 
I because I've been thinking about the trip before, I had, you know, kind of like I went through one one book on, you know, how to travel on the bike. And I, I took a, a bit of notes. So I had a few pages of the notes, right? So I kind of I had a list of the things that I would need and I had a few types of bikes. So I had like a very basic idea of, of what's needed for this. And once I lost my job, it was just um, because it was kind of the end of the summer. So I knew that I, I didn't have that much time uh, to prepare myself. I had to like act really quickly because the weather was going away. And so I was like, okay, I have probably another month that I can ride through the north of, um, of Europe without being uncomfortable. And then I just have to go to the south because it'll get too snowy and too unpleasant. Um, and so, yeah, I just started, I, I went through the list that someone made, you know, a simple things of what you need. And I started from the scratch. I didn't have the bike. I didn't have the panniers, um, nothing. I had nothing, literally maybe like the little holder for, for my phone, like, you know, for navigation and stuff. But I, I was just going through pages and pages, um, of, um, websites with bikes because the bike part was like the most difficult one right because I knew that this was going to be basically my house for god knows how long and so I found it a little difficult to find the right bike because everyone was going crazy for um, just sports gear in, in general it was pandemic and everyone was just getting healthy you know and so it was a little difficult to find the right bike but I got it like a week before I got on the trip I I rode it once, I think, and I was like, I'm good to go. So no training, um, very little preparation, and just a lot of faith in for some reason. You know, I don't, I can't even explain fully where it comes from. And it's not like I'm, you know, reading, reading my life or getting those if those messages from God knows where uh, so easily. But on on this particular in this particular time on this particular occasion. Um, again, no doubt in my heart, I just knew that uh, that was the only thing that I could do. So Ola, um, you started from your hometown then? Um, that's where you started the, uh, what was the date of the, what was the date of the start? 19th of August, 2020. Okay, so it's late summer. I see what you're saying. You have maybe a month or six weeks in Northern Europe, but it's gonna get cold. So then you knew you'd get, you were gonna have to go south. So like where, so you leave your hometown on this amazing excursion. Where do you go first? So I, I cycle, I have a friend who lives in, in a town. It's a bigger, it's a bigger town in the north of Poland and it's about, Gosh, we need to convert it into miles. I don't know how much that would be, uh, but it's about over 300, so probably 150 miles or so. Um, and again, no preparation. So I had about like I know that this is not like a record-breaking deal for anyone who's like a serious professional cyclist, but it was a lot for me, and to the point that by the third day, I when I finally got to my friend's house, and I had only like three days to cover it because he was going away or something. And so by the time I get to his house, like I'm half dead essentially, you know, <laughs> I, um, I was exhausted and I was like, what am I doing? But I, I got in there and like the, the excitement of starting a trip is just so huge that like you, it might nearly kill you at first, but you're just going to keep on going because it's, it's just, you know, it, it's intoxicating. And so from there, I went to Berlin and then a few other German towns and then, uh, you know, the Netherlands, Belgium, 
France, it kind of it goes pretty fast because you know the distances in Europe aren't as great as in the States, for instance, right? So you can really go, you know, for two or even sometimes one day and just go from one country to another and you can cycle that. So um, within like first month, I already like cycled through five countries and yeah, I was heading south. Um, so as you got going, I'm guessing you, you got more in the rhythm of this, right? You, you started to just fit and you probably got into a routine. Did you have a certain schedule? Did you like to bike like, you know, um, in the morning, in the afternoon, or just kind of, were there certain times that you tried to be on the bike and certain times you're resting or just kind of go with the flow? I mean, because the north of Europe was really my preparation for the hills of the south. So that was my training, you know, game. Um, and so at first your body has to get adjusted to being on the bike for, uh, long hours, you know, sometimes it would be like six, eight or 10 hours. So that's a really long day and you have to get used to it. Um, but after a while, as you, as you said, you find a rhythm and I would, I would probably do around, uh, you know, more or less a hundred. So it's about 50 miles a day. And um, I would spend most of my time on the bike. So there wasn't much of a like breaks between sometimes because I used cup surfing for, um, for the accommodation. So I needed to, there was a lot of like organization or um, just organizing uh, hosts in order to be able to find a place to like stay at. Um, but but yeah, I would just go at my own pace. I did not, at first I did not like staying in places for too long because I had this idea of, oh, this trip is gonna take six months. So I was going in thinking that I had like a limited amount of time. And then once you're doing the trip, you know, things come up and you just have to, I think with time I started to adjust more to the flow of the trip. And so if I had someone, if I was staying with someone who I really vibed with, instead of just disappearing the next day, I would see it worthwhile to stay another night or another couple of nights to actually build the connection with people and to actually get to know a place because you can end up just going from a place to a place to a place and just passing through and not really experiencing anything. So um, I would kind of divide my trip into like three chunks of like me starting and just feeling everything out than the renaissance of, of my trip where I would stay at places for a little bit longer, interact with people, get to know the nature around and all that. And then the third part where I was like, I wanna go home. Yeah, that's really interesting. Let's talk about the second piece, the, the renaissance piece. So it sounds like you got into this flow where, you know, maybe you end up in a town where you really get along well with your host and maybe it's an interesting town and maybe your body can use a, a day break. So you might stay someplace a little bit longer than, and so you kind of got into this flow of the trip as, as opposed to really planning out very far into the future. It sounds like if the host, if, if you got along well with the host and you were in an interesting place, maybe you'd spend an extra day or two. Absolutely. So the, the, the hosts were, were absolutely major, but you know, I still wouldn't stay for that long because I felt like I had to keep on moving and that was the part of the trip. Um, but also I had to, as, as you said, I had to listen to my own body. And at some point, cause we're talking about a really long time on the bike and I've gotten sick and I've gotten like pretty seriously sick. 
And so I was fighting not stopping for quite some time. And then at some point, it's just gotten so bad. I, you know, I just had to stop and I had to take a break. And I had to take a break for, for two months. So also, like, we're talking about a 13-month long trip. But there were a lot of times, well, a lot of times. There were a few times, um, another being me staying in my sister's house in north of Italy, where I would stay in a place for, you know, four weeks or six weeks. So so I would, I would just need to adjust to what my body needs because being on the road for so long and just being in a new place every day – you know, it sounds it was an amazing experience, um, but it can also be a very mentally strenuous one. So you have to make sure that you also have some breaks because if you don't, then you'll end up finishing the trip much earlier. So it sounds like there's really a physical strain to this, but also a, a mental and an emotional strain as well. Absolutely. Just imagine. Imagine being on your own where you just you're so tired that you have to get off a bike and you're so tired that even like pushing the bike is just so hard that you you feel like you can't take another step but you're in the middle of nowhere who's going to save you you know you, you only have yourself so there comes a point where you have to turn into yourself and you can find all sorts of different things there um demons from the past um, or inner strength, you know, or both, actually, I would say. So depending on the situation, you know, different things would come out of me. Sometimes I would just like yell to the wind or cry in the rain. Um, and other times I would just scream because I would feel so empowered and I would just like peel layers of my own self and discover this like steal of a character that I just gosh you know it's a it was a different level of confidence that I've never experienced before like for me this this experience was definitely a you know a spiritual life transforming one and I know it sounds very like heavy and um but this is exactly what it was to me and it was I think mainly because a lot of times it was me myself and I and I just, I had to deal with things as, as they came and, you know, whether it was tiredness or difficulties on the road. Ola, can you recall a time when you felt exceptionally empowered, like very empowered and like what, what brought out that feeling? I think, I think every time that I gave myself a chance to look back and think about all those times that you know, I felt like I had no juice in me and I still managed to push through and I would do it day after day and after day. And I just, I was so amazed at my own strength to the point that, you know, physically I was, I was achieving some big things, but also it translated into the way I felt about myself as an artist, as a woman. Um, you know, I was, I was just, destroying this um this frame or the wall that i build around myself because i always identified you know with being a photographer i had labels different types of labels right so i was a photographer i like this and i dislike that and all of a sudden like when you're on your own you start to feel like you start to see that hey like you actually have so much more to offer and I thought to myself, oh, gosh, what a blessed time to have within a lifetime 
to actually, first of all, do everything the way I want because I never had a chance to do that before. And then second of all, just discover the, the endless possibilities that live within myself only if I allow myself to like let it curl out of me, you know? Yeah, that's beautiful. I mean, it seems like you really gave yourself the space and the time to just be alone. And you're not just alone, but you're pushing through some really hard things. And then when you're biking in the open country, you do have a lot of time to think, you know. Um, it sounds like you were able to really think about who you are as a person and maybe put this journey in the context of your life. Yeah, I never really saw it as just traveling, you know, physical traveling from place A to place B point A to point B. Um, it was definitely something more than that to me. But at first, it just felt like like talking. You know, I I kept telling everyone like this is really important to me. Like I'm gonna make it spiritual journey. But it didn't feel like that at first. And then I met someone, um, and he said to me, "Wait for wait." wait for like three month marker like he said to me something's gonna happen after those three months like you actually gonna feel like he said to me like your roots are cut off and you're just gonna feel this like sense of freedom and he was on point like around the time you know that i was on the road for three months like all of a sudden i felt this this lightness this freedom this strength it was all in one and you know, and everything. Um, it was quite incredible. And it's definitely, you know, it's the most life-changing thing that ever happened to me. Wow, Ola May, thank you so much for sharing your story with us. It's so inspirational thus far. This podcast has so much rich content that we're actually going to break it up into a two-part episode. In this first part, Ola May shared her transition from childhood into becoming a young adult with international experiences in London and Chicago after growing up in Poland. She shared about how London felt different to her the second time and how she was a bit restless, especially when the pandemic hit. Then everything seemed to align and she just knew she needed to take this epic bike excursion around Europe beginning in August 2020. In this first episode, she biked from east to west across northern Europe, traveling through Poland, Germany, the Netherlands, Belgium, and France. Along the way, she got into a rhythm where she'd stay with hosts and sometimes give herself a little extra time for her body to rest, stay in a place, and explore a little bit. She used the time in her bike to think through a lot of topics related to personal growth, who she is as a person, and thinking through her past. If you all love the first episode, you're really going to love episode number two when she'll share about her adventures cycling around southern Europe, hitting those huge mountains in the Alps, some really extreme weather she had to push through, and how her life changed when she met a cat named Frederick in southern Italy. I know a lot of you are going to want to find Ola May online to learn more about this amazing woman. I'm posting links to her blog, Instagram, and Facebook profiles in our social media group called GeoTrek the Community on Facebook. If you're not a member of that group yet, we encourage you to join. On that post, I'll also ask you what you think about Ola May's adventure and how she may have inspired you to possibly take an extended outdoor excursion, whether on a bike, by foot, or something else. Thank you so much, Ola May, for coming on the GeoTrek podcast, and thank you to our faithful listeners for your support and encouragement. We'll catch you next week for part two of Ola May's adventure around Europe on the GeoTrek podcast. 
Hey everyone, this is Dr. Hal. Thank you so much for listening to the GeoTrek podcast. If you're wondering how we come up with such interesting topics each week, we rely on an amazing global community to help direct our scientific fieldwork, articles, and podcasts. If you have an idea for a topic or can connect us to an outstanding future podcast guest, please reach out to us on our website at geo-trek.com or on our Facebook group called GeoTrek the Community. On behalf of our GeoTrek production team, this is Dr. Hal. I'll catch you on the next episode of the GeoTrek podcast.